This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Welcome to get I Work out. For Him. I'm going to try to get it out. I don't know. I haven't even had any Mountain Dew yet today. Can That's you believe that? It's unbelievable. Welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. A Luke and Dave show from Bel Air Wealth Management. Make sure you know that you can find them online at bwmadvisors.com. You have to put it. Dave, com. Dave Cruz is not with us today. No, we, we had, have another Dave. Though. We have another we David have another with Dave. us today. That's right. We're, we're going to substitute Dave Cruz on a luxurious vacation, basking in the sun, playing more golf than is acceptable in the kingdom of God. But he, we will miss him dearly today. Hey, just want to say, check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. When you get out there, really love for you to click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. We had a couple people join yesterday. This is all about making a commitment to your workplace, into making, connecting what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five, learning to pray for those people that you work alongside each and every day, looking for ways to serve them over and above what your job requires you to do, looking for ways to befriend people because relationship gives you the opportunity to really share your faith. But all along, being a person of excellence, and while you're doing the excellence, looking for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day. That's the I Work For Him Nation. We need millions of people around the country every day praying for those people they work alongside. Why pray? Because it transforms you. And then it starts to transform your workplace, and those that you work alongside. Thanks to all of you listening all over Florida, the First Coast, Tampa Bay, and Southeast Georgia. We're grateful that you tune in today. Just know this. Hey, we prayed for you before the show mm-hmm. that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into understanding the role you have in stewardship. And that's why we bring Luke and Dave on. And today, Luke and David. Luke and David. That's right. Generosity natural flows from the hearts and minds of Christ followers but who should we be generous to? Who should we give that money to? And how do we make sure we do it in the right way without screwing people up? Because we know that sometimes helping hurts. And what's the best way to multiply our gifts? Today, Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management flies solo without his partner, Dave Cruz, as I said, as Dave, like I said, off on vacation again, and a substitute. David is in his place. David Bennett with successful portfolios to talk about how God is using the skills that Luke and David have been given to impact the kingdom over and over again. Luke Andrews, David Bennett, welcome to I Work For Him. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank and, you, sir. And it's nice. It's nice. It's nice that beating up Dave. It is. You well, know how I feel he's not here. not here. <laughs> oh. I get to beat up on you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. You're, I mean, you're hard on me when I'm on you. Know, last month, bit. you Dave were- Dave was you know, nice. I was hard. Yeah, that, that was what was kind of funny is but that- It was you know, fun. Dave was being there supporting me and- 
It's you know, true. Somebody, uh, you know, Dave likes to be opposite. He's, you know, so he's, he's just contrarian. I think Dave know. likes me, and maybe you don't. I Your don't. hair is growing. It looks good today. <laughs> See? What are you trying See? to do? All right, David, as we do with all first-time guests on the air, we always ask them just to share how Christ has made an impact in your life. How did you become a Christ follower? Oh, that's a great question. I was saved at the age of seven. Remember, remember it like it was yesterday. My mother <laughs> had only, me at he's her- only He's only 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good. She had me at the side of her bed, and I, you know, after church was uh, led by the Lord to go to my mom and, and ask questions. And- you know, I, the feeling of joy that overcame me at that point in time, I, I can remember uh, like a feeling I've never had before. I will say, though, I didn't live a perfect life like all of us. Oh, because we've, we've yes. all lived perfect lives. So, yes. you know, from the age of 16 to, say, 31, 32, I decided to follow my own path. Oh, prodigal son. Yes, exactly. So I went out and I, I chased worldly pursuits, mm-hmm. um, success, pleasures. And it was through the pursuit of success at work um, that I decided I was going to even further um, enhance my career and obtain one of probably the most difficult uh, certifications in the business and become a chartered financial analyst. And the Lord decided I wasn't going to do that without him. So through three rounds of failure Mm. and about probably 1,500 hours of studying, um, I was not able to get through the first test of that exam. Mm. And I remember one Monday morning um, after receiving my third notification that I failed, um, I got on my knees at my dining room table and I told the Lord, I'm going to hand my life over to you. Mm. And from that point on, instead of waking up at 5.30 and studying for two hours, I woke up at 5.30 and committed myself to prayer mm. and started reading through the Bible and truly started seeking the Lord. Sure. And after I had that time set aside, then I got into my studies. And, you know, the Lord puts you where he wants you. And I studied and I gave my life over to him. And it just so happened I was down in Fort Lauderdale getting ready to take the exam. It was a Friday night. I was in a hotel. And wouldn't you know that I finished up the last chapter of Revelation that night? (laughs) I didn't plan it. It just happened. Mm -hmm. I went into that exam with peace. I took it. I passed it. And since then, I've put the Lord as the number one thing in my life, mm-hmm. ahead of work, ahead of pursuits, ahead of my own family. Mm-hmm. And he's taught me some tough lessons, but I continue to grow. Amen. Man. How has that transformation in your life impacted your family, your marriage? Well, that's a good question. Um, significantly, because I was a very self-centered, driven individual that it was all about me. And to see the transformation in my life when I put God first. Uh, and for my wife and my kids to see that and to see that anytime I go through a tough time or a good time that I give glory to the Lord in it, uh, they've, they've modeled that behavior, whether it's my daughter in soccer or my wife going through a tough time with her family or my son struggling at school. Um, they make a practice to go to the Lord and that's, that's only a God thing. It's amazing. You want to give him a shout out? Sure. Miley, my wife, a beautiful, wonderful woman. My son, David, um, amazing, just great heart, Mm. loves God, loves people. My daughter, a lot like me, driven, determined, a little Mm -hmm. strong-headed. And her first name? Alana. Alana. Phenomenal. She's 12. My son's uh, nine going on 10. I won't tell you my wife's age. 
That's so. smart. <laughs> That's very smart. <laughs> yeah, because they will listen. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I get emails exactly. every once from Dave Cruz's wife going, I am listening, you know. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, right, right. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. She's probably not. But yeah, don't be surprised. I appreciate you sharing that, David. Yeah, I, I awesome, love that. Man. Luke, talk to me. About, you, you're, you're involved in so many things. You've got expertise in mortgages. You've got expertise in the real estate market. You've got expertise as a financial advisor. How have you seen God work in your life recently? That uh, that's great. So scripturally, First Corinthians ten thirty one. Whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink, you do it all for the glory of God. And uh, you introduced me maybe a year or two ago to uh, just this concept of biblically responsible investing. And I read a book that you had. Uh, you referred me to a gentleman, and I found Jesus in the stock market. Uh, was it's the book called "I Found Jesus in the Stock Market." And, uh, and, and, it, and, you know, when I first read the book, I was trying to find ways that it wasn't going to affect me, you know, spiritually. It wasn't going to, you know, how can, you know, on one hand, you're, you're, you're this way. And then on the other hand, you, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to come across as hypocritical. Sure. So I was always trying to find the slippery slope that's involved with investing and with your faith and trying to figure out a way where I didn't have to come to the conclusion that, if I'm doing everything for the glory of God, how can I not also be investing that way? How can I not also be offering my Christian brothers and sisters, or at least sharing with them how we should be, how we should be as, as being good stewards of what God has given us? How do I show them that? And so what's been, what I've been not struggling, this is, this is not a struggle. This is a you know, this is a coming to Jesus where I'm like, okay, yes, there's a slippery slope, but God's never called us to be perfect on the slope. He just says, once you've been shown the light, we should walk to the light, right? So if, if now all of a sudden I've, I've researched and I've prayed and I understand that I always knew when you bought a stock, you were, you're a part owner of the company. So if you don't want to own an abortion company, if you don't want to own a, a pornography business or, or profit from those industries, you should also not be investing in companies that they may not directly profit from those industries, but by other lines of business, they are profiting from those industries. You shouldn't want to own a piece of that company. So that's what's that's really what's been on my heart lately, and that, that's actually another show. We'll, we'll, I mean, we could make it a whole other show with biblically responsible investing, and we we intend to do it. So I know we're kind of running up on time here, and but that's it, man. It's really biblically responsible investing, and and, and how it's affecting me. You know, honestly, when I was growing up, foundations were just for super duper rich people. But today there's availability for just the average everybody person to be able to get that done. But let me just go back, Luke, to something you said right before the break. Mm -hmm. Biblically responsible investing. And it takes, you know, you're teaching people how to be good steward. You're teaching people how to manage the money, the wealth and the assets that they've been given. Biblically responsible investing takes that to a whole new level and it makes sure that the stuff that you're investing in is also honoring and glorifying to God. That's right. And I remember the first time I heard about it, people said, well, you can't do that and still make the same kind of returns. And then we heard from Rick and Cassie Lehman and they're like, right. not true. Right. It's not true. And, uh, you know, it, it, and, and this is where you have to take a step back. You know, um, when you look at the parable of the ta- talents, right? Yes. He, 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 uh, the master was gave the, the, the guy who, took his talent and he doubled it. He gave him at the end more talent so he could go invest it. But he, the guy who maybe didn't make as much with his talents, right? He didn't scold him. He said, good job. 
So it's not a, it's not a return thing. It's a heart thing. It's a stewardship thing. You know, if your sole goal is uh, return, then yeah, you're, you're going to have an issue probably with biblically responsible investing. But when you when you do a comparison, there are ways to allocate a, a portfolio the same way you would uh, your, your portfolio as it sits today. But I, I would challenge people, if you don't know what's in your portfolio today, ask your advisor. If you think your advisor is a Christian advisor, challenge them. You know, am I invested in, in companies that are profiting on tobacco, alcohol? pornography, um, abortions, you know, am I invested in a company that gives to Planned Parenthood? You know, would you give to Planned Parenthood, Jim, directly? Uh, not a chance. Would you want a company that you have ownership in to give to Planned Parenthood? No, I don't want a company that I shop at to there, give to Planned Parenthood. So there's, there is, there is that, that's not a slippery slope anymore. That's where I was, at the first time I read the book, I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of, you know, you, there's this slope where, it could, but when do you draw the line sort of thing? The, the, the line's been drawn. If you wouldn't invest in company A because they give the Planned Parenthood, then why would you want to own company stock? Because you do, you have ownership. Ownership in stock gives you a voting right of the board of directors who oversee and direct the company. That's the voice of Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management. You know, if That's you- a future show. We're, 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 let me. We're working on it. I'm working on it. August or God's September. God's working on me. Shows. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's been working on me. There's a song like that. I think he's been working on me. Okay. Come we're on. not going to sing. Don't do it. Don't sing on don't the radio, Jim. No, we lose thousands. Okay. <laughs> the listeners. Okay. What I was saying is that's the voice of Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management. You can find him online at bwmadvisors.com. You got to just do it I, yourself. Just, just don't try to be dick. .com. Is that cool? <laughs> no, just no. do you. Dot com. That's better. I, you know. Okay. All right. But the point is that if you've got a financial advisor that you haven't sat down with in years, you don't hear from them on a regular basis, and you've got questions, and you're not even sure if your financial advisor is a Christ follower, how can you work with somebody as your financial advisor if they don't have an eternal perspective? That's really important. No, it's scripturally. Second Corinthians 6.14, it says, do not be unequally yoked. Actually says uh, here, what do righteous and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? So basically, I mean that's in marriage too. You've heard that if your if your parents were believers, they always told you, listen, you don't want to be married to an unbeliever. You don't want to. It's basically unequally yoked. You don't want to be business partners with an unbeliever because what does darkness? Where is the commonality? One is going one direction because that's their goal. The other one's going another direction. So light and darkness, they don't they don't mix. They're different. They don't. So, and, and people are like, "Well, I can't believe you're just saying he's just because he's not a Christian doesn't mean he's wicked." No, ah. of course not. No, no, no that's wait, not what but that's saying. what Jesus said. Jesus said, "You're either with me, or you're against me." Right. But we're not suggesting people are wicked if but, they're not believers. Mm, we're all. Wicked. But what did God say? Hey, you're we're all sinners. You're all sinners, and yeah. you're sentenced to death, except for what Jesus did on the cross. Put your trust in my Son. That's it. And, and so that, and it's 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 clear. So wicked seems like a harsh thing, but yeah, they just their hearts. If Jesus isn't the Lord, then the enemy is. All right. All right. So let's talk about how you view yourselves, guys, as displaying an attribute of God on a daily basis. David, this is a tough question. All right. So I'm going to ask you first because you're, you know, man, you and you put you and Luke on the uh, IQ basis. I'm probably going to put you. No. He's much much smarter than than myself. Amen. He is a chartered financial analyst. All right. right. There's enough there. All right. God got me through that. That's right. Okay. But when you look at what you do on a daily basis, David Bennett, how do you see what you do as displaying an attribute of God? What is it that you do for people that really reflects God? 
Good question. <clears throat> you know, I looked up attributes of, of God in the past and ones that resonate with me at work are unchangeable um, and compassionate. And I say that because a lot of people can go to their workplace. They can be one person outside of work and another person inside of work. And I lived somewhat of that double life for 15 years at my previous employer where, you know, at church, I was one person at home. I was one person, but on the job, I was another. Mm. And when I changed, I decided that I was going to be the same individual for the Lord at work as I am at church, as I am at home. So being unchangeable and being steady. And what I mean by that is just, you know, living out your faith, being the only Bible some people read. Mm. And that doesn't mean beating them over the head with the Bible. That just means living your life out and being a light to others like God's called you to. How many years have you, have you, has this transformation been going on? I mean, you said you lived 15 years as a, as a, you know, a double agent. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to how put many it. Years, how many years was, ago was that change? Two and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and I could tell you, you know, we've, we've known each other from a distance. We yes. haven't really spent a lot of, you know, intimate time together. But there's a remarkable difference in your life today versus when I met you four or five years ago. Thank you. And, and, and it is, awesome. and it God. is amazing what yeah. God can do in our lives when Absolutely. we finally just surrender. Amen. Uh, and so, and if we asked Miley, if we said, Hey Miley, come on the show, talk to me about David. What's the difference is going on at home? What do mm. you think she'd say? Mm. Hopefully good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's get her on the phone. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I think what it boils down to for me is, is, just just trying to die to myself on a daily basis and think less about myself and more about others. Mm-hmm. And that includes my wife and my children and ultimately God. And for me, it all starts in the morning every day. I've led to, you know, I start my day. And if I, if I don't start my day in prayer and in scripture, I, I stray. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is the most important thing for myself. And frankly, probably most believers and Christ followers is to not get off track, not not let the the world and all the pressures of life consume you, and just get your day started on the right foot. Luke, what about for you? Because you have been, um, I, I've seen you dig deeper into your faith every year. We've known each other over a decade already, but when you when I see how you're digging into your faith every year, it's deeper, and God is making a, a, a He's making a lot of changes, and you got Riley and Giovanni at home watching you. And, mm-hmm. and, and and Riley should be a junior this year, right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It goes so fast, doesn't it? Even it though does. I know I, I keep, I'm always a year ahead of where I, I think. I mean, she I is. could look, I could look like I, I. Yesterday, I was looking in the mirror. I looked like I could still be in high school. Mm, when you're debatable, great? Oh, absolutely, of course, <laughs> anyway, Luke. You know, of course, you, well, you're built like it, and you got oh, hair definitely. like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm you got the pipes, it. and my the hair. hair is getting big. My head's getting bigger. That's why my head looks like it's losing hair. That's what I tell everyone. That's yeah. what happened with okay. you. Okay, but how, no. No. Your head got bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at pictures. Your head was your head was a lot smaller That's the in fat. some of these pictures. So the, you're saying the fat is chasing the hair out. All right. Anyway. So let's, but let's just go to how you're displaying. You know, how do you see yeah. yourself representing representing God as you're out there doing financial advising and yeah. selling people's homes and, and giving them mortgage advice? Well, you know, at, at our last uh, at our last committee meeting with the the, the church and the schools foundation. Uh, Pastor Ray Rodriguez had a, just a cool little saying. I don't know if he said it as a, to a group, um, but it was Dave Ramsey's quote about being on a roller coaster. And, you know, with volatility in the markets last year, it was a nice, easy year. You know, it was, up. It was just, up, it was just you know, up. but this year is a lot of volatility. So what do you have? Anxiety is just it's something naturally that comes to people in this industry when they're, 
you know, when they're watching their portfolios pretty much every day. So we, we come in as advisors or as a believer and, you know, we understand what do you got there? No, we're, we're, we're good. We're looking good, man. Um, so we're the we come in as their neocortex. You've heard me say that before. Oh, we no, are the irrational reptilian we, mind and everything. The, the reptilian. That's the irrational. That's when you have a client call you and text you and say, "Oh my gosh, I gotta sell sell ten thousand. Get me out of this." It's like, no, wait a minute, man. We are the neocortex. We're the we come along to side. We're the rational part of your brain, the rational thinking in a world of volatility. How about that? You the rational that, thinking in the world of volatility. Yeah, we are. This is a volatile. This is a. Vo- we're in volatile times with markets, with industries, with society, with world events, volcanoes. Well, they've been there forever. All right, you're listening to I Work Brand with your host Jim Brangenberg. We talk with Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management and special guest David Bennett. David Bennett is with successful portfolios and he and Luke are friends. They share space on a committee for a foundation for a local church and school. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Gentlemen, as we talk about, you know, we're always, whenever Luke and Dave are on, David, we always talk about um, uh, good stewardship. What does stewardship mean to you? Hmm. Stewardship would mean to me putting God in full control and faith of your finances. And that starts with trusting the Lord and everything that you do and everything he provides you. Um, and ultimately it's a control issue in my opinion. Um, I know in the past, uh, and I still have my, my struggles to where. Yes. Miley sent a text in the break and said, talk to David about this. He's got control issues here. Yes. Yes. Hey, don't let him mess with uh, you. Look at, him. Look so, at this guy. You know, just control issues around, around how you handle your money. Uh, and trusting where that next dollar comes from and where that next dollar goes. So let me ask you this question. When you look, look at your life, where do you think, uh, 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 dealing with your money and possessions, mm. what are you the best steward of? Mm. Of what God has entrusted you with? Luke, I'm coming to you next. Let's start thinking about this. Well, thanks for going to him first. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's yeah, the, the best. Yeah, well, where do you think of. you're doing the best job being a good steward? I mean, I'd have to say... With my clients' money, frankly. Mm. All right. I'll be honest with you. I manage probably my clients' money better than I do my own money. Amen. Uh, it's where my time and efforts are spent. And you'll find a lot of advisors are in that capacity uh, to where, you know, it's what you do on a daily basis. So I try to be a good steward with my clients, but do it in a godly way and have, have an impact on them and be a light through that. All right. So where do you think you're being the worst steward in your life? Hmm. Pass? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Pass. laughs> yeah. Luke, okay. Hey, Luke, your turn. David right. passed. Yeah, yeah, All right. So, yeah. Luke, where are you being the best steward in your life? Um, yeah, time. He took, he took, my, the, yeah. he took, he, he took like the Sunday school answer. Yeah. I'm being the best with my, my clients. No, I, I would, yeah, no, I, I would say, I, I, and that was a great answer. It was um, a great answer. I would just, for me, you know, I'm, and I know you would probably say this looking back, but family for me, right, is, you know, uh, being a good steward, it, it could be a verb or it could be a noun right? A verb is you're actually being a good steward, whether it's your time or resources, and then being a noun, right? You, you are a steward. So, you know, the way I look at it is, and hopefully in all walks of, of each and every day, I'm trying to be the light. You know, you used to have at the beginning of your shows way back when that we may be the only Jesus that our coworkers and employees ever, ever see or ever hear about. So that that's being a good steward is is a, it should be a part of who we are, 
And then Tim Tebow, I love using quotes. Tim Tebow used to always say, it's not who we are, it's whose you are. Right. So um, did I hit on the rate, the jumping off the roller coaster thing or we get interrupted by time? We, we did. probably got interrupted by time. The roller well, coaster thing. Well, the roller, Dave Ramsey, I don't know, the Pastor Ray, did he say it out loud or did he just say it to me about the roller coaster, Dave Ramsey? This is, this is a great Not thing sure. to share, but it's a, it's a great thing to share with, with volatility, whether it's in the markets or it's in people's lives, right? On a roller coaster, and I'm ad-libbing a little bit, but in a roller coaster, you go backwards, you go forwards, you go left, you go right, you go 360, starting over again, you go up to a top and then you go down the hill, right? That's kind of like life is. You don't necessarily always know which direction you're going to go. You can kind of see where you want to go, but all of a sudden you start going in different directions. The only people who get hurt in roller coasters, whether it's life or volatility in the markets, the ones who jump off, right? We always do that. The people that, that sell low and buy high, you know, oh no, you, this is the, trust me on this. And it's like, no, man, I mean, you know, long-term things are good. Just don't jump off the roller coaster. If you kind of feel like you're in that valley, you know, spiritually, we all get there, you know, you, you get, you know, just like you had mentioned in the break here, you, you kind of get your, you know, you need your battery recharge. You might need a, just a slight break. That's, you just don't jump off, you know, keep going forward. And that's in life. That's not just in, you know, so that's being a good steward is don't jump off the roller coaster just because you're struggling in something. Stay on it. Keep going. And God will get you through it. So where do you think you need to work on being a better steward in your life, Luke? Hmm. Being a better steward. Time. You know, I, some, I, I feel like, you know, I sometimes feel like I don't put enough time outside of my family, you know? Um, and I, I don't know where, you know, I always say, well, one day, you know, because when my kids get older, that's a lot of my time right now is uh, work, wife, Giovanni. Riley is, you know, she's 16. She drives. She has a serious boyfriend, boyfriend. Um, that's, that could be mm. another show. <laughs> yes, he's could. a nice kid. He actually is bring, a good kid. We got to bring Riley kid. on to be able to support herself. Okay. So, so your, your time. Okay. Time. You Dave, know. what about you? I gave you, I gave you some time, David, to think about that. Where do you think you could use to be a better steward in, in your personal life? So when you first asked me, I think a stewardship is financial stewardship. Um, but in general, but it's really so much more. It, it is so much more. So I would say, um, I would like to invest more in, in those people around me. You know, I, I, I see needs a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I don't always meet them. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's one area where I pray to the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm great at, at, at seeing what needs to be done and, and asking someone else to do it, mm. whether it's in work or, or in my life. But actually executing on that is where I tend to fall short. Um, I have a handful of, of people right now that I could give up a Saturday to go help. But instead, as Luke mentioned, I'll spend it with the family mm -hmm. or spend it with myself on the boat. But so, can't you grab the family and then go help those people together? You're absolutely right. And that's, you know, that's what's and on you know my what you heart. Can do with the because boat. You, you, you sell the boat because well, all it is is a place. Well, to, I mean, I don't know how you can be a we, good steward of God's yeah. money and own a boat. Well, I, we, <laughs> I don't. We, we should have a radio segment on how you can, because I think I figured it out. But anyways, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's good. And living in Florida, so, all I've never, you know, the happiest day in a guy's life a day, get his, uh, gets a boat and the day he sells his boat. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're talking with Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management and his sidekick today. David Bennett from Successful Portfolios. Dave Cruz on vacation, apparently needing Again? to recharge. Yes. Maybe that's what he needs. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about foundations. Why are foundations important? David, answer that question. Why are foundations important? Yeah, foundations are important because they provide um, a lot of support and they do, frankly, just a lot of good for the community that otherwise 
I don't think would be done if it wasn't for the establishment of some foundations. And that's both private and public. Okay, but let's talk about that because, you know, a nonprofit, you can donate money to a nonprofit and they can put that money into action. Mm -hmm. Why does a foundation make it so that a nonprofit could be more efficient in the impact that Mm -hmm. they make? Mm -hmm. So, you know, with a foundation, you're going to have a specific cause that you're, you're passionate about. And if the foundation is structured appropriately, that's going to be defined. And so when you're, when you're broadcasting a nonprofit, whether it's a church or a larger organization, there's many different areas that they can allocate funds to. And as a donor, you frankly leave it up to the discretion of those at the top as to where those funds are allocated. Whereas in a foundation, it's going to be spelled out, this is what our passion, this is what our cause is. If you support that passion and cause, those funds go to that. And that's where I think foundations really benefit individuals where they know I can give X amount of dollars for a cause that I'm passionate about, knowing that these funds will be used for that versus used for the general operating of a, found, of a, of a nonprofit. All right, Luke, you, when we, when we set up this show today, you were talking about, okay, you guys are involved on a committee of a local foundation here. Yes. Talk to us about that. And what's, what was the purpose of that foundation? So, well, there's two foundations. One is for the school and then one is- Indian Rocks for, Christian School. Yeah, Indian Rocks Christian School uh, over here in Largo. And then uh, Indian Rocks, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. So the, you know- Eat, they're, they're separate because the school foundation is really set up for helping with tuition and grants and, and getting maybe someone who may not have been able to get into the school. It gives them the opportunity to get the private Christian education. And then on the church side, the church is always doing stuff with, uh, you know, specifically the last committee meeting we had, we voted on uh, one of them was uh, creating some grants or scholarships for some kids to attend a summer camp at Camp Kalakwa. Camp yes. Kalakwa. So we had all voted. And, and, and so now there's kids that are going to be going to Camp Kalakwa that may not have been able to go other, right. before that. Uh, and then the other part is there's an apologetics. I don't think we had anybody that was going, or, or at least we were going to find out at our next committee meeting if there was someone. But there was an apologetics conference, and they were going to send a, a, ch- a kid, not a child, but a, a kid, mm-hmm. with an adult to go learn apologetics. I mean, that's so that's Very really, cool. really cool. So and that was are, through the school. That was through the yes. school side, right. right. So you have, the, you have the church side, then you have the school side. So, but why is that different? I'm not trying to be devil's advocate. I really want people to understand the function of a foundation. And a lot of times it's to set up those recurring programs that will give into the community. I mean, there's not a lot of times what a foundation is set up mm-hmm. for. You can, we're on radio. You can't yeah. shake your head. Well, I'm looking at you. I thought you no, were going somewhere. No, I don't. No. Well, I mean, I've seen foundations in action, David Bennett. And, and when I see a school looking to give recurring scholarships, so that some kid can get exposed to a great education that also mm-hmm. exposed to Christ. That's a huge thing. That's Absolutely. Huge thing. So I, I think the big distinguishing factor here is this. Let's just say hypothetically, you drop $100,000 into a nonprofit. I was thinking about it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Good. Well, we have two for you. So anyways, yeah. so you go to Indian Roxbury or any church and you say, well, here's a hundred grand. I just feel it on my heart to give. The likelihood is that $100,000 is going to be designated to go somewhere within the next 12 months. It won't be there 12 months from now. In a foundation, they're more perpetual. You were to donate $100,000 to a foundation, that $100,000 will be invested and a percentage of that overall foundation will go to meet certain causes. So they will continue in perpetuity to give to those causes and support those causes 
that the foundation uh, is near and dear to and is near and dear to people's hearts. So you know, you a lot a of a lot of say, you know, yeah, right. well, I, and I and yeah. I don't I'm not advertising for the Eckerd Foundation or the Ronald McDonald House. But those are examples where, you know, they're generated for tax purposes and other reasons, but they do carry on and exist beyond the initial founders. And they will in perpetuity until the Lord comes and raptures us, most likely continue to help individuals in need in lieu of just donating it all at one time and having it go to resources within a 12-month period. So to me, that's the main difference between a foundation and just donating money to a nonprofit. Right. Yeah, you just like you don't want to give your kids 100 grand if they're not ready for it. You know, there's no different. Church, we're all human beings. You know, you don't necessarily want to overload the church with $100,000 at one time or a million or $10 million at one time without having you know, some sort of stewardship there with the person that you're involved. That's what a foundation does. David keeps Bennett it, from Successful Portfolios. Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management. You can find Luke online, BM, BMW. Wow. <laughs> BWMAdvisors.com. BWMAdvisors.com. Luke, help me. Why are we talking about foundations? Well, the, well, it gives people an opportunity to do some to be a good steward. We've been talking about being a good steward and highlighting foundations. I mean, um, you know, the reason I wanted to bring David on is because David heads up the stewardship uh, or the, the committee, not the stewardship, but the foundation committees for Indian Rocks Christian School and First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks is to understand that foundations, you don't, you don't, you know, if, if you come across, I know we're going to get into the different types of, you know, uh, items that can be, we'll just say donated to a foundation, but there's different ways that you can get involved in you know, if, if you if you have a if you love sending kids to summer camp because maybe it impacted you as a kid, you've got an opportunity to get involved with a foundation that we just voted and gave grants to this summer camp coming up that kids they're gonna hear the gospel message. They're gonna have fun while they're doing it around their peers. There's just something about kids getting away from their parents' mm. home. You hear it all the time where this is where lives are changed. At young, at young adult or young, you know, uh, in, in that teenage years when they get away from their parents and they're surrounded with the word of God. If you have kids, and I know you do, Jim, and, and as your kids get older and they go away to these camps, when they come back, mm. I mean, they're on fire. I mean, oh, it might yeah. only last a week, but they're changed. But they got exposure. They're exposure. Right. And this is, so if you have a heart for wanting the opportunities to, to, to give kids an opportunity to go to a summer camp where they're going to hear the word of God and it could impact their life for years and years to come. Who knows? You might impact the next Billy Graham. I'm not guilting people into saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying if you feel led, that's what Indian Rocks, uh, the, the church's foundation, will allow you to do. We give money to things like this, to causes that go and help spread the gospel. Well, and there are nonprofits all over the world doing great things yes. and their foundations allow them to give repetitive gifts in order to be able to sponsor people. Yes. One of the things that's important, David, you mentioned, well, somebody can write a $100,000 check, make an impact on an organization. A lot of people don't have $100,000 mm. cash to, to give away, but mm. they do have other things. Mm. And that's the beauty of working with the National Christian Foundation. And, and they don't even know we're doing a show and yes. highlighting them. I'm going to have to call Chris Holdorf and say, hey, come on, I gave you free plugs today. Um, <laughs> He'll the, say thank you for yeah, the he donation. Will. That's right. He will say that's thank a you. donation. That's right. We're giving airtime. That's right. So, But they have the ability through partners that they've made across the world to liquidate items and turn them into cash. Mm-hmm. 
what are some of those things, David Bennett? What, what, what are some things that people can give away that the National Christian Foundation could turn into cash for a foundation? Okay, well, let's talk about something most people are familiar with, and that's stocks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, let's say you bought uh, AT&T back in the 1960s, and it's split 10 times, and now you own 15 different stocks, and it's worth you know, a lot more than you initially invested. Well, let's say you bought the stock for uh, 2 or $3. Well, sure. Well, let's say you invested 10 grand, and it's worth 100 right? Okay. So now you have a large gain there that's, that's can be realized or recognized and you can pay taxes on it. Uh, you can wait and you can uh, die with it and pass it to your heirs. Make them pay taxes on it. Right. Or you can decide, well, let me look at that asset and, and gift that to either a foundation or the donor advice fund and then avoid the taxes and then have those funds distributed per your wishes. And that is really, when we're talking foundations, when we're talking uh, donor advised funds, the best assets to give are assets that are highly appreciated. So stocks, an example, you can give real estate. Obviously, real estate appreciates small business stock. People who started a small business have been blessed and have done very well. You can give shares of your small business to avoid taxation and you know, further the kingdom. So those are really the assets Ooh, that you missed. Classic cars. Maybe you bought your high school oh, car. It was see? a classic car. Maybe you bought a '65 vet when you were personal, in high school. Personal or, property. Or, personal property. But things that are appreciated. Coins, Obviously, your local, you, yeah. know, you know, your regular car is not going to appreciate. But maybe you happen to buy and keep that car from not high a boat. School, so right? I was going to say, so my boat wouldn't be. A <laughs> yeah, good not, thing. A, not a no, boat. No, no, I've never no, seen no, a boat okay. appreciate. Name uh, one. Maybe a Chris Craft. I don't know. That'd be a tough one. That would but be a tough high, one. You know, highly appreciable assets are generally the best uh, asset to well, look at well, when you're let, making a gift. Well, let's talk about that because the National Christian Foundation, Luke Andrews from Bel Air Wealth Management, what yeah. they help people do is minimize taxation and maximize giving. It's not like they're trying to avoid taxes, right. but mm-hmm. what David just said, hey, people could donate stocks that they, they bought low and now they're high. Yeah. And by donating them, the... You don't ever have to pay. You don't have to. If you cash them in yourself and give the money away, you're going to pay 20 plus percent in uh, capital, capital gains. gains. Yeah, so if you have a hundred thousand dollars, you you sell them for a hundred grand, you're going to pay 20. So now you only have 80 grand to give away. Right. But if you just give them the stocks because they're a nonprofit, they don't have to pay it. They get the whole hundred grand. And now you can, through a donor advice fund, you can direct where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let me hit on foundation real quick because, um, you know, I know, uh, as we're coming up towards the end of the show, the, the, the whole idea of a foundation, you know, there, there might be some, like you had mentioned there, you know, not everyone has a hundred thousand dollars, right? but maybe someone that does have a hundred thousand dollars thought to themselves, well, maybe I should go set up my own foundation. And once you start to research setting up your own foundation, good luck. Okay. Have fun mm-hmm. with that. It's another job. If you don't want to create for yourself, <laughs> now well listen, if, if you're led to do it, hallelujah, go do it. But I'll tell you, NCF, this is why we partner with them. The National Christian Foundation, found online at (laughs) ncfgiving.com. The reason that I know I've had clients partner with them and I know the church partners with them is because they have a seamless process. They do everything for you. Right. And you still get to be the one in charge that makes all the decisions on behalf of the foundation. It would be called the Jim Brangenberg Foundation. You make all the decisions. It's actually the Jim and Martha Brangenberg that's true. It's true. You get it. All get, right. Get you it. so get it. Well, well, well here, here's the point is, is if you feel like maybe one day, if, if God has been speaking to you about a foundation and you're kind of thinking, well, maybe I, how do I even get started with my own foundation? 
the NCF has taken all the guesswork out of it for you. You can contact myself or David Bennett or one of us, and we can get you plugged in with NCF and make it a it's a it's a turn it's something in th- within 30 days it could be set up and operating. Actually, less than that if if you've got all your ducks in a row. It's really really neat how they've cut out all the minutia, the board of directors, the minutes, the filing with the IRS, the all the fees. Stuff. Oh my gosh, there's yeah. so much running so, foundation. Well, and we just set up like a mini foundation for, you know, I work for him. Martha and I had a giving fund at NCF that people would make money to and we've given that to I work for him. We actually set up a single benefit giving fund, I think is what it's called, through the National Christian Foundation, where any money going into the I work for him ministries giving fund will only and can only funnel towards I work for him. Yeah. So it's like having our own foundation, but again, we don't have all of that overhead hassle. Tell me about it. Listen, da- you David, know how it is. David Bennett, before we get to the end of the show, talk to me how you've seen foundations benefit your clients and working with National Christian Foundation benefit your clients. Well, as Luke has alluded to, it makes it easy. I mean, it, it, it takes off a lot of the legwork that is required. Um, I'll give a specific example. And this I ran into in the past year is I have a very uh, generous client who on an annual basis donates uh, through tithe and contributions a significant amount of money each year. And in the past, she would simply take cash and make that contribution. Well, we worked with NCF and took some highly appreciated assets and put them into a donor advice fund. She has her own foundation. And now knowing that she's going to give X amount of dollars, whether it's through tithe or whether it's through just the Lord leading or where she wants to be to certain causes, she has a sum of money that she received a tax deduction on up front now that she uses that to tithe out of. Okay. So that can be her situation, but it can also be us. Mm-hmm. So through that, I thought about myself, well, if I have an asset, if I know that I'm going to tithe faithfully, and I know what my income is, why not say, well, if I have an appreciated asset, let me donate that to a donor advice fund, right? And then out of that donor advice fund, I can tithe. You hear me? And then what that does is that just opens up the door to not just being faithful, but the money's there. It's already pre-designated. You transferred over a highly appreciated asset. You happen to get a tax benefit for it versus taking after-tax dollars that are coming out of your paycheck and tithing. That's right. Luke Andrews, give a plug for the foundations that you and David are representing. Yeah, like you know, David heads up the, the committees, but it's the Indian Rock, First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks Foundation. and the, That's the one that can help kids go to camp. Can help right. kids go to camp. And we have the, the school there at the church, Indian Rocks Christian School. You can get involved and help people eternally. That's right, and help them get a great education. Both our kids graduated from there. You got kids that are going to graduate from there. David, you got kids that are going to graduate They're from going there. next year. All right, there you go. Luke Andrews, David Bennett, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, you've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.